Hi, my name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode 23, Denial 2.0, or Honesty and Denial, or Codependence and Denial. I couldn't decide on the title of this episode, so I gave it three different titles. And it occurred to me that if Rocky and Bullwinkle could have different title options, so can I. I'm recording this episode at this particular time because I did episode 16 about denial and the story I should have told to illustrate that denial could stand for don't even notice I'm a liar is the one I'm about to share. Somehow it didn't even occur to me at that time to tell this story. I told it to someone a couple nights ago on an outreach call because we were talking about how we lie to ourselves and others about our own behavior and often don't even realize it. And as soon as I told it, I was like, oh, I have to share this story. The person I was talking to the other night started to tell me that they couldn't watch some amusing YouTube videos as a way to get out of their own head because they have sleep issues and they can't have screen time late at night. But she caught herself because she actually stays up pretty regularly watching videos late into the night. So I told her this story about how deeply entrenched our denial about our own behavior can be. It's about dishonesty and about codependence and about denial, but it's also a story of recovery because I came to see my patterns so deeply. So here's the story with a wee bit of background. In 2010, I had my gallbladder removed. It was outpatient surgery. So I came home the same day and I was dating a man. I'd been in a relationship for 11 months. We were in love or that's what I knew of love at the time. So I thought that was love. Now I know something different, but anyway, he didn't come see me. I was upset, of course, but I didn't say anything. Instead, I went to go see him. I stayed at his place, you know, to make it easier on him. And what I said to myself and to other people was that I went to his place so he could take care of me. The fact was I went there to take care of him while I was supposed to be recuperating from abdominal surgery. While I was there, I rearranged the second bedroom in his home so that it would be hospitable for his youngest son to sleep in. He had two boys and a girl when he, and when he first moved into the place, the daughter occupied the second bedroom and the boys slept on the fold out couch. This was years before I came along. The whole time I'd been dating him, the youngest son was the only one that continued to come over and sleep over. And he was still sleeping on the couch because they were still calling that second room her room, even though she never came over and it was really being used as an office. So not only was he not taking care of me as I recuperated from my surgery, I was taking care of him and his family. 
And by the way, in this whole scenario, at the time, I thought I was the healthy one. I thought these people are not even facing the reality that she never comes over, yet they're still calling it her room. And the teenage son gets no privacy because he's sleeping on the couch when there's a perfectly good bedroom right there. The result of that week of me taking care of him and his family instead of recuperating from my surgery was that I thought this is love. I want more of this. Before I go on, I want to share that when I started this relationship with this man, I told him that I will never live with you unless we are married. I'd said that because I had lived with a number of men before And with all of them, it was more about convenience and finances than moving on to the next stage of intimacy in the relationship. Well, I really love living alone and I just wasn't willing to give that up again unless it was was for something permanent to which I was committed like marriage. Think again, Barb. So what I did after this week of not recuperating was told him I thought we should move in together. And interestingly, he said to me many times afterward, thank you for breaking your number one rule, which could also have been stated, thank you for not holding to your boundary. You're the kind of woman for me. So we moved in together in February. We were in couples counseling by June, and by November, I went and stayed in a hotel for three days to get some space because it was so, so difficult for me. I went back after that hotel stay and ended up staying for almost another two full years, and it just got worse and worse. I went from taking really good care of myself to really just letting myself go, I put myself last and him first, and then ultimately blamed him for all my misery, even though I acted like I had no needs and was there to fix him. I went into a deep depression, go figure. I remember thinking things like, I don't need to bathe today. I bathed three days ago and dry shampoo is amazing. Who needs water for bathing? And I'm honestly surprised I kept my job during that time. I stopped doing anything that brought me joy. I stopped going to church. And that was basically because I simply could not get out of bed. Eventually, I moved out and very shortly thereafter broke up with him. And it was probably about six months after that where I really hit bottom and then came into recovery. And it was some months after that, that I realized what had actually happened in that whole scenario. And I remember this moment very clearly. I was wiping down the table in my dining room and I all of a sudden went, oh my God, that was a lie. I didn't go stay at his place after surgery so he could take care of me. I went to his place so I could take care of him. Holy shit. I'd not only lied to everyone else about that, I'd lied to myself about that. And it had taken me years to realize that I was lying to myself. And that 
people is some serious denial. D-E-N-I-A-L. Don't even notice I'm a liar. I didn't even notice I was lying for years. Now let's look at my reasoning in this situation. He wouldn't come to me when I was recovering from surgery, when I was wounded. So I went to him. He didn't take care of me while I was recuperating from surgery, but I took care of him. And my conclusion from that experience was, this is love. This is love and I need more of it. So I need to spend even more time with this person. I need to move in and live with him. And the rule I set for myself from the very beginning, which was that I will never live with someone unless we're married, went right out the window. I changed my mind. I broke that rule. So I had no integrity when it came to myself. And my experience as a result of my recovery is not that just that I have overall integrity, but I have integrity with myself. I show up for myself. I do what I say I'm going to do for myself. In my mind, that's actually the most important part of my integrity, that I have integrity for myself. Because if I don't have internal integrity, how can I possibly have integrity with other people? I take care of myself. I care more what I think of me than what other people think of me. And I know that I've talked about that in podcasts before, but I want to spend a moment on that and say what that means. In the past, I cared more about what people thought about me than I did about telling the truth. So being honest was less important to me than trying to get people to like me. So my integrity went out the window if I thought I had a chance to make people like me, which by the way, you really can't make happen because you can't control what other people think. You could be kind and good and loving and nice, and some people are still not gonna like you. That is just the facts. If I thought I had the chance to make people like me, I'd be willing to lie to do so. I was willing to compromise my own integrity for the chance that someone would like me. And sometimes these someones were complete strangers. So I have learned to have integrity. I have to come out of denial to tell myself the truth. And sometimes that means I have to bring other people in on my decisions because I know that I have a lot of blind spots. I've been in denial for fucking decades and there's a lot of shit about myself that I just can't see. And this is why meetings are so important. This is why coming out of isolation is so important. And this is why sponsorship is so important. We need people. We need people who can see our patterns in ways that we can't. We need people who think differently than we do in order to come out of denial and to be really honest with ourselves. We really need the reflections of other people back to us so we can come out of denial and live lives of integrity. 
That's it for today. If you like what you've heard here, then you just might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, head on over to my website, which is higherpowercoachingandconsulting.com and click on the contact menu. I'd be happy to schedule a consultation with you to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can be sure to get future episodes of my podcast. Thanks again.